What's up, y'all? It's Jeff Cobb, and you're listening to Ricky and Clive Wrestling Show on Social Suplex Podcast Network. You're listening to the Ricky and Clive Wrestling Show. Listener discretion is advised at all times. Listening to another episode of the Ricket and Clive Wrestling Show, part of the Social Suplex Podcast Network. My name is Clive, and I am joined by Mister Ninety One Percent himself, the Human Calculator, the Carol Valdeman of the podcasting game. Ricky, welcome back this evening. How are you? Good evening, doing well. I still prefer the Perfect Ten, though the real Perfect Ten. Mm-hmm. Or we can go with a perfect 91, but that implies that there's room for improvement, uh, when the perfect 10 implies there is no room for improvement. Mm-hmm. Do you think there's room for improvement? No, I mean, there's always room for improvement. That's a, a good life lesson, actually. It is. If something can be other than it's as good as broken. Mm-hmm. That's another one of my life motto. That's not really, but still, I stole off someone. <laughs> Anything else you've stolen from anyone? That, that, no, that man is no longer with us, unfortunately. Uh, I don't think so. Um, have I? Just so you're saying that all your upcoming jokes are originals then? Well, I mean, it's jokes that I've saw before. One, one of them's original. Okay. I mean, we kind of ruined it. Last week it was just a natural, like, way we started the podcast. But hey-ho. I'm sorry. But I take, o- but I take over talk tonight. Some quiz. Yep. Some super quiz. Looking forward to it. Indeed. Um, but, so, <laughs> there was this guy that walked into... A restaurant in New Zealand just like a few days ago. Mm-hmm. Lucky bastard. Uh, Lucky bastard. What did I miss there? Well, I said a, a, a gentleman walked into a restaurant in New Zealand a few days ago. Uh, and that's it? That's... Lucky bastard. Because <laughs> we don't have that privilege. We don't. But Not yet, we don't. We still... Currently, some of us bow at the, the altar of Nicola Sturgeon, currently. Yep. That, that that wasn't a lead into a joke, that was just with the news of it today about kids going back to school next week. Uh, next week, that's it. Um, so we're slowly, hopefully, starting to come out of a lockdown. Mm-hmm. Um, hopefully by the middle of March, end of March, some places might start opening up and we can actually get to... Get out of our houses and do something, but we shall wait and see. Yep. Getting impatient, getting impatient, kind of getting bored and frustrated, but I know that is the rules and we will obey to them. Did you hear what she was saying about new symptoms that have been found and not to worry about them? No, I only watched a little bit of a brief. Well, she was talking about if you start having tummy pains, like quite sharp tummy pains. And you start hallucinating, like you hear voices in a really thick Northern Irish accent. Not to worry, you've just got a stomach ulster. Oh, that is bad. <laughs> I thought you were going to start singing the Randy's. Oh. I hear voices <laughs> in my head. They talk to me. Oh, that's... Sorry, what was that? Nothing, I was just... I'm it... just talking to... I'm on the podcast with Clive. Really? The wife just asked me there, so have I seen the dog bowl? She's trying to get him some food, and I didn't realise he could bowl. <laughs> <sighs> I'm here all week, folks. Well, 
you're you're reliable and like just like whiteboards as well, you're remarkable. Say that again, sorry. Whiteboards are remarkable. <laughs> Can you see whiteboards anymore? Smart boards then? I don't know what we can and can't see. You probably can't see it, but I've said it. That's yeah, true. Right before the podcast, even I, te- uh, I text you just mm-hmm. to say um, five minutes. So I just quickly grabbed my, my headphones and I was walking over to sit down and I nearly fell over the wife's bra. Uh, almost fell and hurt my head. Um, turns out it was just. What's that? I've missed you. You've gone completely. So, sorry, I was just saying right before I messaged you just the podcast. Mm-hmm. Uh, I quickly grabbed my headset and I was walking over just to come and sit down, and I nearly fell over the wife's brand, hurt my head. Mm-hmm. Um, it was a booby trap. <laughs> Oh, that was quite funny, that one. I enjoyed that one. Did you hear, I don't know if you saw, I know it's been a busy day in the news, but did you see that Noor, there's been a few things coming out about Noor, you know, the like sort of flavour enhancing? Mm-hmm. They've brought out, they're bringing out a sort of, what do you call that stuff? The cubes, the stock pots and all that. Uh, they're bringing out stuff that's laced with nitrous oxide, nitrogen oxide. But everyone, right. like loads of the staff that work in the factories, think it's just a laughing stock. <laughs> and on earlier the... on today, right? Oh. <laughs> earlier on today, I was doing a, I was doing a wee jigsaw puzzle. Quite, I quite like doing puzzles actually. Um, and I completed it in like less than an hour. And what was astonishing about it was on the box it says five to six years. And I completed it in less than an hour. <laughs> oh, God. Well, when I reminded myself about the, the old stock game there, uh, I heard that there's been news that staff morale is really low in the Oxo factories, just people fighting each other and pranks being played. And they're trying to just... Oxo themselves want to just make sure that they're not tied in with any other factories or just workplaces in general that promote that kind of behaviour. So they've started an anti-bullying campaign. Okay. Do you get that? Yes, I do. All right, okay. <laughs> Just wasn't funny. <laughs> For people that don't know what OXOs are, and I'm assuming it's just going to the Brits that know, it's like a, what's this, like, like a gravy thing, isn't it? Or like a, like a vegetable stock cubic kind it's of like thing. It's a broth thing. Gravy, yep. Um, tonight for me, so um, I was on the motorway the other day, um, just going along, and I saw this stall on the side of the road, and you know, lockdown, so businesses are closing, so guy was clearly being quite in it, innovative, and it said lobster tails for two pound. Sounds like a bargain to me. That's cheap for a quite a delicate um. Fish. Um, so I walked over and gave the guy my two pound. Ready to get my lobster tail. Looking forward to it. And then the guy turned around to me and just started and says, "Once upon a time, there was this lobster." <laughs> and then you give me grief for my bad jokes. <laughs> Not like that one. <laughs> no. Oh, right. That's me done. I just like we're going to talk about the the quiz shortly. And I know you'll find out what my topics are, but I was doing a wee bit of research on them just to make sure I was tipped up with my knowledge. And you know those silly pop-ups you get? Uh, it was a pop-up for a website, conjunctivitis.com. I thought, oh, that's a sight for sore eyes. <laughs> so... Before we get to the quiz, there was a, a wee takeover at the weekend there. NXT Takeover Vengeance Day. What were your thoughts on it overall? We won't spend too much time on it, just a wee, a wee back and forth for five minutes or so. Um, 
like just to like another takeover really, and that's not to sound like flippant or anything, but we've come to a standard from takeovers. Um, I, I really enjoyed it. There was, I would say, kind of like what you would expect from takeovers. There's always like two or three like really, really good matches. There's always one that was like, that was, you know, that was borderline great-ish. And then there's always one that was like, well, that's not bad. It was a really solid match. I felt the two tag matches as well as Kushida and Gargano, for me, were the three outstanding ones of the night. Mm-hmm. Um, Balor and Pete Dunne was, was also borderline pretty great I thought I thought it was really really I thought it was a real good match and, and the women's triple threat was slightly a notch below that um, obviously I think the biggest talking point from the night was you know um, Adam Cole and Kyle O'Reilly and, and you could clearly see the dilemma that Roddy Strong was facing himself there um, like, you know that kind of image as takeover went off the air it was Kyle O'Reilly on the floor, Roddy Strong still in the ring, kind of looking like, what the hell has just happened here? Um, and Cole at the, at the top of the, the ramp. Uh, I think we, we, when Rance was on this podcast a while ago, and we kind of thought it was going to happen a few weeks back, so, um, but it didn't. Uh, when Kyle O'Reilly himself challenged Finn Balor for the title, um, Interesting to see where this goes. I, I think the body strong element, that, that dynamic is going to be interesting. You know, I think that he's certainly going to be kind of torn, like who he shows his allegiance to. Uh-huh. Um, part of me thinks maybe, you know, do we maybe see Roddy Strong and Adam Cole taking on Kyle O'Reilly and Bobby Fish in a tag match before we get Kyle O'Reilly and Adam Cole? I don't know. Um, Finn Balor goes from here as well, you know, because if it, if it finished up with just a super kick to Finn, then you would assume it was going to be Finn and Adam Cole, but it's likely now obviously going to be Adam Cole and Kyle O'Reilly. But yeah, like I say, there's no complaints from the takeover. Like, there, there never is, top to bottom. It's always a great, mm. great show. I think the big thing you can take away from the Undisputed Era's actions at the end is that they're, they're not going to be going up to the main roster as a, a unified front, anytime, a united front, in any time soon at all, with Adam Cole turning heel. It's all it's all to shit now. They're all over the place. And they've been in that sort of limbo for a while. Obviously, they've been playing the long game, and that's now apparent that they've been playing the long game. But for a while, and Rant and I actually co-wrote a column together about it, where... It just seemed as if they were just treading water until something big came along, whether that was a call-up. Would Fish come back before they were called up? Or are we going to get this heel turn? Have they missed the boat on the heel turn? But it worked out well. Finn Balor gets the trust of them. It, sorry, Finn Balor trusts him, but then it's get broken again straight away. So I think the timing of it... I would have preferred earlier on when it was during the Kylo Riley week flesh these things out. You don't know what's going to happen with Creative over the next few months, years, because of this coronavirus carry-on. So, just keep it plodding along nicely. So I did enjoy that part of the show. There were mixed mixed uh, opinions for a few things. I, I would say the Women's Dusty was my favourite match of the night. Having said that, though, there were a couple of instances in that and the other Dusty tag match where... People, Raquel Gonzalez specifically, and both of the veterans, it's become a thing that I'm more and more starting to dislike about wrestling, and that's similar to where they're just standing there waiting for someone to do their shit off the ropes. This time, Raquel Gonzalez like visibly, clearly went over so that Shotzi Blackheart can do some crazy sunset flip stuff uh, over on, off the ropes over Raquel Gonzalez. It was just so obvious that you knew it was going to happen, really telegraphed, and it just took me out of it. And it's annoying because I think Raquel Gonzalez has been fantastic. So to see it look so staged the way it was, 
took me out of it a bit. But apart from that, the pace, the action, the energy specifically in that women's tag match was sensational, and I think the right people won there. Uh, and Grizzled Young Veterans, you've spoken about this a good few times on the podcast with the World's Collide gif of him stumbling while Humberto Carrillo does his, gets his shit in. And it looks more natural for that to happen, but a couple of times during this dusty classic, the vets have looked daft, waiting for all the other teams to do their shit. And I think I'm turning into Carol, where I'm I'm falling out of love with the flippy shit, basically. <laughs> There's stuff, like, I'll still, I'm happily watch Tornado DDTs and all that stuff, and I'll, I'll happily watch Canadian Destroyers to the cows come home. But specifically when there's rope work involved, where they're having to dance about the ropes and their person's prone or waiting for them or holding their hands so they can do it. It's just... It doesn't look good for me personally. But I was, And also the fact that because of Young Veterans didn't win, I wasn't happy about that, obviously. But I'm not... I'll only be happy when they win everything. Yep. But the rope thing, as you quote-unquote say, the flippy stuff... I've never liked it because it's never been properly executed. Mm-hmm. Like it just looks, as you say, staged and so silly. Um, and I've always said that Gibson, you know, go back to where it was applied, and that's how you do that spot. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, there was no waiting around. It was, he stumbled, turned around, and the guy caught him. He had no time to react whatsoever. Um, so it is disappointing when you see guys like that doing it. I think. Sometimes it can be. You've just got to try and keep preoccupied, because mm-hmm. sometimes it takes so long to set up, even when they are out there on the floor, like punching each other, still hovering about. It still doesn't look right because, yeah, they're trying to stay busy, but they're also trying to keep an eye on what's going on and when they can get the spot done properly. Uh-huh. Um, just not a fan of that stuff, really. Um, only because it's not executed properly. You know, mm-hmm. like if it's done properly, then I think it's it looks good. But nine times out of ten, it's not done properly, and it's just like he says, it just it just it takes away slightly from the match. You're like you just kind of roll your eye at it, and then you're like, right, well, let's try and forget it and let's get back into the match. I thought I thought Gargano because she was probably my my favourite match of the night. Um, what I loved about that is. It, there was it was a great pace to it. It starts off slow and methodical, and it, it picks up pace. Um, Kushida hit this like sh- stupid, crazy, like flying armbar thing. Um, <laughs> yes, yes. And I, and I think I would have to say, like from like those three matches, they didn't um, like. And we've said it before, we're starting to get used to it now, we're actually used to it now, that having no crowd there didn't affect my enjoyment or of that ma- of those matches. Um, okay. The crowd can add so much to it, but I just felt like not having a crowd there didn't bother me either. Um, but yeah, like I say, is, um, that women's dusty match was, was excellent as well, um, as was the men's. Mm-hmm. Um, overall, like just a real good night. Like the Tony Storm table spot was just—it's just funny looking back on it. Um, you know, like that. Um, uh, uh, the table was clearly um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, propped. Yep, the prop so it just collapses. Um, but yeah, like I say, I don't have any real complaints about it. Um, the only thing is, when it comes to NXT now, is my love and affection for NXT isn't quite what it was three years or so ago. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like, and I've always said it, the special thing about NXT was the one-hour thing. And it always says, you know, you hear me say it all the time, sometimes less is more. Um, I just felt like the one hour, you could have fleshed storylines out longer and you know, people don't have to appear every week and stuff like that, you know, so... Uh, I still love NXT, I really do. Um, but like I say, that love isn't what it quite once was. And I think it probably... 
it probably began around about the time NXT UK came on because I felt like right, that's a show tailored and catered towards us. That's you know, I'm can't wait to start diving into this now. Um, but I've just never really got that love for NXT back again. Like I'll, I'll always watch it, but that says to me it just isn't what it used to be. You've touched on something there that I've actually felt for a while. And it's not, I've had no issues with the two hours. I thought when it started doing the two hours, the creative was a, a million miles an hour. That September to December period was just fantastic in 2019. But I, I really miss the fans. I really miss Full Sail. I think that's what it is for me. That There's just been this, there's been something missing from it. And even though you've got the, the CWC, and when you had the first plexiglass era, when it was very noisy and banging, sounds like a hockey fight arena play, uh, kind of vibe. They were good, but I really do miss, and I miss the takeovers. Like I miss the smarky smart crowds singing all the the chants under the sun, <clears throat> getting the booze that they deserve or the cheers that they deserve. <clears throat> Excuse me. And it just sets the takeovers apart from the rest because they're still in the cruiserweight centre. Is that no <laughs> cruiserweight? What's it called? <laughs> Capital Wrestling Centre. Uh, it's not as differentiated from TV, especially when they've got the odd TV specials. TV specials these days. Now you say that you still love for the door NXT. I do too. It's still my favourite brand out of all the wrestling I watch. It's just I miss dearly miss this Marky Full Sail crowd. I even miss the guy in the Everton top. Because they, they they added to like the the aura that was NXT. Uh huh. There was that pantomime feel about it that, and it was like a smart crowd. So I know some of the times we take digs at smart fans, but there was just a a right raucous feel to watching NXT and Full Sail, and I miss that. So I don't I don't want them to hurry up and get fans back in. I'd rather they just took their sweet time for everyone's sake and also keep Casey Catanzaro away from it all as well. (laughs) But uh, there was another thing. I'd noticed that both of us hadn't really talked much about Finn Balor and Pete Dunne. Now, going into this, when I started realising this was going to be a match at TakeOver, I thought, oh, oh shit, this could be a special one. And I had a really, really... a pretty deep think about this. I was talking with Rance about it last night again. And for me, that was not a that was a Finn Balor match and not a Pete Dunne match. And I think that's why it wasn't as sensational as we know Pete Dunne matches can be. You think about Tyler Bate, Ricochet, Walter, even Coffey. We won't mention his name again, though. Um... The, the tag team classic stuff that was in last year, Pete Dunne can have, there's something different about his matches where there's a peaks and valleys, peaks and troughs, where it just plods along at an, in, at an intense pace, but then it explodes. Whereas with Finn Balor, and this was the same for the Kyle O'Reilly ones, it's just a constant grind. There's just a, it, Rance put it, it's like a fight, and it is a fight. And, Edge had said to him in a promo a couple of weeks ago, you're on a completely different level. And I agree, Finn Balor is in his heel mode, probably wrestling the best, one of the best in the world just now. It's just not my cup of tea. That constant grind, it feels as if it's it's like a, a an MMA fight. Do you know what I mean? With Pete Dunne, mm-hmm. he is, he's interested in hitting out for joint manipulation, submissions, but he's got that explosive side to him that I think Finn Balor matches lacks. So I was a tad disappointed in it. Don't get me wrong, I understand and appreciate if people are saying this was the match of the night or the Kyle O'Reilly matches were match of the year contenders. It's just I'm looking for a bit more, a bit more oomph for my, my wrestling than just the, the constant grizzle, grizzliness. That's a fair take. That that that's that is a fair take. I never expected Pete Dunne to win this match. Um, mm-hmm. That's true. I I don't think that was probably ever in consideration. Um, 
I agree, but at the same time, disagree with him. Like, I enjoy watching Finn at the moment. Um, but what you say is are very valid points, and I completely understand where you're coming from. Um, I feel like Pete has, in my mind, Pete Dunne has something a little bit more than Finn. I f- you know, like, I feel like I, I, I can get a, a variety of different matches Yes. when I watch Pete Dunne matches. Um, so yeah, no, I, I I completely agree with that. Like you know, he says, he can pick the pace up. He can, you can slow it right down. It can be like a, a, a an old school type wrestling match. Um, but yeah, no, I I do agree with that. I, I'm just I'm really interested to see where both guys head now. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm just trying to think if there's an obvious contender right now for Finn. Probably carrying cross. That doesn't get me excited, though. I must admit. The carrying cross experiment is fine. It's watchable. I'm just not pumped for it yet. Yeah, I think the jury's still out, but obviously, like, you know, you get hurt quite early on. Very early on. Um, not not long back. Um, so, like I said, we'll, we'll, we'll give it time and see how it goes. But it's... Hmm. Like I said, we'll just wait and see what they do, plan to do with him now. Mm-hmm. Still, it's still good. Like Finn Balor, he's untouchable just now. He's the best at what he is doing. It's just there's a there's a tendency for me to sort of phase out in his matches. Mm-hmm. But I still I still get what he's doing, and I think he is untouchable. There is a target on his back and all that stuff. So fair play to him. And fair play to the, the rest of the lads and lasses that put on a, a pretty solid takeover overall. So Yeah, no, I agree. It was it was a good it was a really good takeover. Um, at the end of the day it's a good wrestling to watch on a Monday morning. I'm not going to complain about that, even though I just did no. for a while. <laughs> no. Um enjoyed it. Very, very much enjoyed it. Good, good. Um, one more thing before we move on to the quiz. Just want to say um, this whole Forbidden Door thing with AEW and other promotions that was going on. Mm-hmm. The latest report says that Okada's coming to either Impact or AEW. Um, I just don't see him going to Impact. Like, I think he'd probably look at Gato and be like, no, thank you. Um, but I'm excited to see... Okada and potentially others. There was mention of Ibushi. I, would, I can't, you know, if we get to see Ibushi versus Kenny Omega, mm-hmm. you know, um, under under AEW, I'm probably really excited about that. Um, I, what I would love as well is you, you, you would you would play into their history, obviously. And I don't know, maybe if you if when Kenny comes face to face with Ibushi, like he might, you know, be like have that moment, like what what am I doing, you know, like really struggle between like the good guy and bad guy before ultimately kind of just doing that fuck you about and just go on proper full on Omega heel mode um, yeah, I would be really excited for those guys coming um, <clears throat> personally I don't think it will do much for ratings but I don't think it is for a ratings thing I think it's just to open up more different avenues here because mm-hmm. um, I would assume this is just it's probably a big assumption that a lot of the people in America who watch New Japan also probably watch AEW. You know, and I would assume a lot of the people who watch AEW probably watch watch parts of New Japan as well. So I can't imagine it's going to pull in too many other people. But maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm completely wrong there. But I couldn't care less about that. Just from a pure wrestling aspect and, and potential storylines going forward, it's exciting. I think the Omega Ibushi one could be really interesting because if you take away... The shoot reasons for Ibushi not getting a title in that he was just a... He wasn't contractually obligated to wrestle for New Japan or however you want to phrase it. But now he's he's under a contract and he's won the titles. But you could argue that Ibushi had to wait for for Omega to be away from him for him to fully flourish and prosper. So then Ibushi comes over and says, I've got it now, I don't need you. Stuff like that. I think it could be interesting, specifically those two. 
Okay, dog. Shall we move forward to to your quiz? Uh, I'm kind of <coughs> dreading it, but okay, let's go for it. <clears throat> right. So as we mentioned last uh, week, um, your five subjects subjects were edge. Um, we're going to get just general wrestling. It's going to be worth like multiple points. Uh, uh, television program 24 Pokemon and a Marvel slash DC quiz oh shit can we just talk about some so, wrestling instead can we just talk about what wrestling instead <laughs> so we'll start off with um, with Edge Who beat down The Undertaker when Edge cashed in his Money in the Bank contract? Shawn Michaels. It's incorrect. Oh, you you sure? Mark Henry. He just had a match with Batista. Henry comes down, kicks the living shit out of him. It was on a smackdown. And Edge come down, comes down, cash in, spear, one, two, three. Question number two. Mm, okay. Right. <clears throat> I think these next two are quite difficult, actually. Who did Edge face in his first ever pay-per-view match at SummerSlam 1998? And it was a tag team match. Oh, dear. And, and just to give you another one, it was a, a mixed, mixed tag match. Ah, oh, right. What's his name? Right. Mark Miro and Sable and his partner was oh no come on come on Mark Miro I'm right there yes you're right with Mark Miro Sable was actually Edge's partner Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets and so much more download the app in virginia today and get 150 dollars in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at betmgm betmgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly see betmgm.com for terms 21 plus only virginia only new customer offer subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days please gamble responsibly gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER promotional offer not available in Washington D.C. <sighs> that just throws the cat amongst the pigeons in was that, was that a multiple point win at all no it was only worth one point but I'll give you a... oh will you thank you very much yep. It was Jacqueline. Right. Question number three. Who did Edge beat to win his first ever singles title? This is going to be difficult. It was an intercontinental title and it was actually a house show. And I think it was, don't know if it was Montreal or Ontario. can't remember, but it was one of them. I want to say it was Jeff Jarrett. That is correct. Yes. Question number four. There were six members of La Familia. Name three of them, not including Edge. So name three of the other five. Right, okay. Dolph Ziggler, Vicky Guerrero, Travo Guerrero, Zack Ryder, Kurt Hawkins. I'll give you it, but I don't. Dolph wasn't. Dolph wasn't in it. Wasn't in it. Was he not? Sort of on the. No, it was. 
on the fringes, no? No. Well, I got my three points anyway. Yep. It was Bam Neely. Oh my god, I... Random as hell. Yep, I think Chavo brought him in his muscle. So question number five. I love this. So here we go. He has faced nine people en route to winning seven of his world titles. Name five of them. So nine different people over those matches. Name five of the other competitors in those matches. So it can be any kind of... So there's been one couple of wrestlers appear twice, so that only counts as one answer. So what what I mean is it can be either the world or WWE title. Yep, 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 yep. Okay. Uh, John Cena. Yep. Undertaker. Mhm. Jeff Hardy. Is that right? Uh-huh. Jeff Hardy. Um, how many was that? Three? Three. Now, if one of them was in a triple threat match, does it count as two answers? Yep. Triple H and Vladimir Kozlov. Because it cashed in. Well, never cashed in. He, just, um, just appeared. Yep. I don't remember the Jeff Hardy one. Why don't I remember the Jeff Hardy it one? It was Royal Rumble 09 and Matt Hardy came back and hit Jeff with a chair shot. You've got five then. So let me see. you got one, two, five, ten. Ten out of eleven. That's a good start. The only one you didn't get was the Mark Henry one. Even though the dodgy tag team one. Yeah, I'll give you that. Right, question number... Right, so category number two, this is going to be on 24. Oh, now this is where the the real sweats begin because I am a self-professed hardcore fan of 24 and I think I like to think my knowledge is bordering on like embarrassingly strong. However, we'll find out if that is the case. How does the season two plot begin? What happens in the opening episode of season two? What is the main plot? The main plot is that they are testing nuclear um, materials on someone to see if it works and basically it's to see if some terrorists who are called Second Wave are going to start are going to send a send a nuclear bomb into America, specifically LA, at some point that day. Correct. Yes. Question number two: Which country held him in jail in season six? China. Correct. Question number three: What is Jack's brother's name? This is a shout out to the Americans listening. His brother's name is Graham but it's actually Graham, because we say it properly. (laughs) Correct. Question number four. Omar Hassan was the president of which country? Oh, ah, right. He was amazing, this film. (sighs) See if I give you the... The three letters, would that be enough? I don't know what three letters are going to be, but... Uh, IRK Islamic Republic of somewhere. That's that one I need. Oh no! Islamic Republic of oh, what's it 
No, it's gone. I've not got it. Kamistan. Kamistan, fuck's sake. Question number five. I'm raging. <laughs> I can tell. What drug was a Jack addicted to? The old horse. Or <laughs> heroin. It's correct. So you got four again. See, I'm annoyed because I even knew there was like the Islamic Republic of. Mm. You might actually, you're off to an absolute flying star here. Right, so the next one, we'll go with Pokemon. Oh, God. I, yeah, I don't understand any of these things, right? So, which Pokemon can be used to defeat, is it Laura, Laura Lee? Laura Lee, what type of Pokemon? Yes. Uh, is it fire? Grass or electric? Oh, shit. What the hell that means? Yes, Lorelei specialises in waters, water Pokemon, and I, for some reason, thought it was ice Pokemon. So fire melts ice, but electricity electrifies water, and grass smothers water, or something like that. Terrible, terrible. Question number two. I was right in my head. That's the main thing. <laughs> Question number two. Who stole Misty's bike? Uh, a total guess for this one. I'm going to say it was Jesse from Team Rocket. It was Ash. The wee shite. Mm-hmm. Question number three. Rock Tunnel and Power Plant are closest to which of the following? Celadon City, Cerulean City, Cerulean, or Cinnabar Island. I'm going to go for Celadon. The first one. It was Cerulean. The second one. (sighs) Question number four. Embarrassing. How many hit points? is the lowest amount of points a Pokemon has in the base set 1 collection. Base set 1. Lowest. 30. The answer is 3. Can I, can I speak to the judge about that one? If you want. The 3, like each hit point, like each thing is 10. So... Oh, okay then. Thank you. Thank Question number five. At least I get one right. Yep. What Pokemon is Black Star promo number one? <laughs> Black Star promo. Yep. I took like there are literally. Like 900 odd Pokemon or something, so. I mean, it's probably the only one I would ever know. Right, well, we'll go for Pikachu then. Yep, correct. So, two, two to five, that's not good enough, I'm sorry. Right, here we go. I let myself down with the Lorelei question. I don't worry about it. I will, because I won't be Mr. 91%. On Mr. 92. I'll be Mr. Four and a Half or something. Not at all. Right. So this is Marvel's DC. Okay. Question number one. In which film does Spider-Man make his first MCU appearance? That so, would... is it... Sorry? Uh, Captain America Civil War. Correct. That was actually one of the options there, but well done. Thank you. What is... Question number two. What is the name of Tony Stark's AI assistant who became the basis of the vision? Jarvis. Yep. Question number three. How many... Oh, lost my questions. Question number three. 
How many infinity stones are there? Six. Correct. Such a geek. <laughs> Question number four. Question number four. Who killed Tony Stark's parents? Uh, it was... Now, I can't remember his full name, but it is the Winter Soldier, and it's Bucky. Yeah, I'll take that. Okay, Bucky is his name. Question number five. Name the last five DC movies released. So, going with the the one closest, okay. working your way back. Last five. Wonder Woman 1984. Yep. Aquaman. Does it have to be in order? No, it doesn't need to be in order. Okay, Aquaman, Justice League, um, Batman versus Superman, and the other Wonder Woman. You got three, so it is Wonder Woman 1984, Mm -hmm. Birds of Prey, Shazam, Aquaman, and Justice League. I've never heard the Birds of Prey at all. Neither have I. That's what Google told me. But you got seven out of nine there. It's Birds of Prey, the Harley Quinn one. You're not, you won't know that, but for the listeners, is that the one with Harley Quinn? Um, I've heard of Shazam, but I forgot about them. Did well with the Marvel know. questions, though. No, you did. Right, so this is now last subject. It is wrestling, and it will be um, these are worth multiple points. In order of most recent name, Drew McIntyre, Drew McIntyre's last five pay per view opponents. So, working your way back. So, does it have to be different people, but just just the last five pay per views? Just the last five pay-per-views. Okay. Goldberg. Mm-hmm. AJ Styles. Yep. Roman Reigns. Yep. Randy Orton. Mm-hmm. And Randy Orton. Correct. Yes. Five. Question number two. Name those pay-per-views. Royal Rumble, TLC, mm-hmm. Survivor Series, mm-hmm. Hell in a Cell and Night of Champions. Correct. Oh, yes. Thank you, Drew. Question number, <laughs> Question number three. Name the opening three matches. Sorry, name the opening match from each NXT UK TakeOver event. Opening match, right, so the first one was Mustache Mountain versus Grizzled Young Veterans. Mm-hmm. The second one was... Oh, here we go. Cardiff, Cardiff. Kaylee Ray and Tony Storm? No. Nope. Well, I know that the other Blackpool was... The other Blackpool was... Eddie Dennis and... Trent Seven. Yep, so you get two out of three. The other one, the Cardo one, was Noam Zah versus Travis Banks. Oh, well, no wonder I didn't. Nope. Um, Just in case anyone's wondering, I was... didn't like Travis Banks before he got outed as an arsehole. So no, we say that before he was, he was just he was not appealing whatsoever. <laughs> right. Since his return in 2012, Brock Lesnar, mm-hmm. name everyone who has pinned him. There are, according to this, I believe there's six. Okay, right. Cena? Yep. Triple H. Yep. Drew McIntyre. Yep. 
Seth Rollins. Yep. Hmm. Goldberg. Mm-hmm. How many were you looking for? Six. Six. So I've said five. <sighs> let me think, let me think. Roman Reigns. Correct. I was hoping to throw you there because Taker did beat him. But uh-huh. it, was, it was a submission. Yep. He submitted him, yep. So the last question of this round and the last question of the quiz, this is actually running quite quick. It has. It's because some of the questions I know very quickly and the other ones I'm too committed and think I know them and just shit the bed. I've done not bad though. Right. Break down Roman Reigns' title wins. So I want to know how many, what title he's won and how many times he's won them. Mm. Not including NXT or FCW, none of that stuff. Okay. US title one time. IC title one time. Universal title. Lump the world titles all together. Okay. So one, two, three, four. That can't be right. It should be more than that. Survivor Series, New Year's Eve, WrestleMania, SummerSlam, then SummerSlam again. Aye, that was five times for that. So World is five times. IC title once, US once, and tag titles, I'm going to say twice. Tag titles once, oh. the rest of you got right. That was good going. So you got five, ten, twelve, eighteen, twenty-two. No, sorry, twenty-one. The human calculator is at work, people. No, I'm just I'm just uh, counting up the rest of them now. There was ten, or twenty-four. You got four. And the Pokemon, you got two. Awful. That's embarrassing. Four. Marvel DC, you got seven. So you've scored forty-four. Forty-four out of a possible fifty-four. Right. Go on. It's quite good going. Amaze me. Pressure's on for you now. What's the percent? Um, should be um, 80%. 80, between 80 and 82%. <laughs> so 81. Oh, so, no, but somewhere round about that mark. 44 divided by 54. 81.5%. Was it actually? Yep. You've done it again. Close enough. Listen, do you know what? Good going. I can accept that. It's not a trouncing. I'm surprised at how well I did with the Marvel questions. And I'm kicking myself with the Pokemon ones and the 24 ones. But my wrestling stuff was quite strong. No, it was. You've done really well in the multiple... The Questions, multiple questions. The old Drew McIntyre helped me become Mr. 81%. <laughs> that was good going, though. That was, I've enjoyed the last couple of episodes. Mm-hmm. We need to think of ways to keep ourselves entertained because sure as shit, the fucking main roster and other stuff isn't doing that for us. Well, something's going to be happening in a wee while that I'd like to do with you. And I'll even All pay right. for it. Say it again? I'll even pay for it. Uh, so you know that uh, I'm into my card games, like specific sort of, not just like Ace of Spades cards, like Pokemon, Yu-Gi-Oh and stuff like that. And 
Zach Gibson and his pal have started up a board game company and they're doing a wrestling booker card game. And they're mm-hmm. going to do a Kickstarter, so you get a deck of cards, and you've got to play Be the Booker. So, That's pretty cool. So I'm going to get a pack for me when when they're out. I'll get a pack for you, and we can do some Be the Booker live, and we'll have we'll get Zach Gibson on, and he can talk about <laughs> it to us. Well, we're, we're good friends with his tag team partner. We are. Great. Right. James Jacob slid into our DMs once. Threatened to lick our faces. <laughs> live on a network that's like true that's not not false what no. happened there what a guy <laughs> <laughs> all stem from the fact that we said we were, you were going to shave your head because he done it but then he was like please don't do it it was just an app like an app that he was using aye that's right and then threatened to lick your face on live on a network speaking of an app, app enhanced photo I'm just going to send you one of me hold on You'll enjoy this. <laughs> yeah, where are you? There we go, that's it sent. <laughs> <laughs> Should post it on Twitter. I might like superimpose that face onto the Twitter bio. Yep. Were you pointing? But I was actually going to superimpose a picture of Sturgeon's face onto me so that you're pointing at him. <laughs> kind of like that Triple H and Stephanie Man photo you've got. <laughs> oh, that, that, you make it sound as if it's like something that I've acquired illegally. <laughs> That's true, actually. Oh, it's been a, a relatively quick episode tonight. It has. I don't think I've got much more to add. I'm just trying to think what what fun things can we do next week that's still got wrestling in relation to it. We'll probably need to come up with one of our like special exercise things again. Um, and then just take it from there. What, well, like one of the things that's a big project for weeks at a time possibly could talk about it off here you could. Come up with. I hope you've enjoyed the last couple of episodes listeners we have enjoyed doing them it's been a nice pleasant break from the doldrums of being a, a wrestling fan in the IWC which as you know has its ups and its downs so some, some quiz goodness hope you've enjoyed it Think of other stuff. We'll have a wee chat off air. Don't want to bore you with it here. No, we're just... Our main aim when we do a podcast isn't to sound, like, smart and, you know, like, oh, we're edgy and different. You just come on and just talk. It's just two pals talking and just trying to have a laugh. Speak for yourself. <laughs> Classic Ricky and Clive. 91 and 81. That's it. We'll need to need to uh, straighten this out to make it a cool hour. So g- give us some, give us another joke if you've got one. Oh man, I actually don't. I used up all my my ones. Hey, well, I thought it was time to make a quite a big life decision. So I went to the the fancy clinic to get a vasectomy. Um, mm-hmm. Just because I didn't want to have kids anymore, so but when I went home, they were still there. <laughs> Hopefully, kids didn't hear that. No, nope. my wife might have heard me though. Uh, She'll be angry with me. It's just like that time when we were at a a family party out in the back garden I was drunk and I fell over the barbecue she was raging with me she just completely dragged me over the coals you know when I think about it see people who sell meat like for a living are gross but people who sell fruits and vegetables are grosser (laughs) Oh, uh, 
Do you know, know what's gross to me? I can't stand them. It's those Russian dolls. They're just so full of themselves. <laughs> and it, this is no link at all, but stuff it. Uh, <laughs> I went to the doctor's to get my results back. Finally, I'd been nervous about it for a couple of days. And the doctor said, right, I can confirm that you've got hypochondria. I said, oh, fuck, not that as well. <laughs> as well. Police turned up at my door. Arrested my daughter because she burnt her house down. But it was arson. There was a there was an actual was a murder there was a murder um, in Dumbarton recently I don't know if you heard about it uh, the detectives managed to um, to find the to find the murder weapon it was a briefcase. <laughs> I'm out. I'm out as well. Duncan Bannantine style. Ladies and gentlemen, this has been the Ricky and Clive Wrestling Show, part of the Social Suplex Podcast Network, where you can find other shows such as One Nation Radio, Keep It at Strong Style, Grown Men Watch This Shit, All Things Elite, Grave Consequences, Great Match Generator and 8-Bit Wrestling Podcast. 8-Bit Suplex Wrestling Podcast, sorry. We're all on podcast apps everywhere around the world. Just go onto them, specifically the old Apple ones. Give us a nice five-star review to help the algorithms. Go on to ProWrestlingTees.net and look up Social Suplex. You will find some more t-shirts from us there with logos. Uh, ah, see, I knew, I knew I forget something. If you go to SocialSuplex.com itself, which is not a site for sore eyes, let me tell you, you will find lots of po- podcast links and column links, um, and they'll be sent directly to your email inbox if you press subscribe. I've said the t-shirts. If you want to donate to us or any of the other Social Suplex gang, there's a wee link in the show notes for you as well. We're on the the Wrestling Squared Circle Facebook group and we are at Rickett and Clive. And we are out of here. (laughs) We are indeed. Take care, folks. I just stole that from Matt Willis. (laughs) Sure he won't mind. He won't. Right, thank you for listening, ladies and gentlemen. We'll see if we've got something fun for you next week. And if not, you're stuck with an Elimination Chamber review, so pray for us. Is that this Sunday? It is. <laughs> I'm looking forward to it. I, I thoroughly enjoy a Chamber matches, regardless of the I shit that goes on. I just didn't realise it was this Sunday. I know. Getting my neck locked. I mean, a couple of issues with the Chamber. Well, I don't understand why Corbin's in a Chamber match. Corbin? Yes. Oh, is this the Smackdown side? Yep. Right. Makes zero sense. You see, I think that's going to be a very interesting chamber match. More so than Drew's. You know what what I'm looking forward to in this SmackDown chamber match is Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn interaction. Oh, yes. I didn't realise they were both in it. Looking forward to that. Oh, that's magical. So who is it? It's Daniel Bryan, Jey Uso, Corbin... Sammy KO Is Cesaro in it? Cesaro Cesaro What about Nakamura? Exactly That's what I'm saying Why is Corbin there? Um, And then The raw one is what? Drew Drew Sheamus Braun Miz Orton And Jeff Hardy The Miz has dropped out I see, I never even watched it all. Uh, Drew was on Miz TV and Miz was giving him drip. Headbutted him. Well, Drew headbutted Miz. And Miz just said, I'm going to, I'm dropping out. But mark my words, this goes to both champions. I will be, whenever I cash in, I will leave as a champion. I don't know what's happening there. I don't see Drew losing that one, but. I think the number one contender for Roman at WrestleMania is very much up in the air. A lot of the, a lot of the people oh, in SmackDown. No, well, what's the? Oh, that's right. Sorry, there's a championship it's match Roman. later on that night, isn't there? Yep. So Roman basically just comes down and picks up the pieces and just does what he wants. 
Oh, he'll do that at the end of the match. Yep. Someone will get destroyed and his music will hit and he'll just walk in. Couple of spears. Bang, done. Yep. And just walks away, wrecks everybody and leaves. wonder who it will be. I could see him going with KO, to be honest. We'll see, we'll see. Lacey Evans is pregnant. So no, we're not getting Lacey versus Charlotte at WrestleMania now. Congratulations, Lacey, to you and your family. Oh, yes, that as well. There's that as well, yep. Yep. Right, well, we shall let you go about your day now, and we'll hope we, you'll tune in next week. Hopefully. Because we will. Yeah, we have no choice but to. I know. <laughs> right, speak to you later. Take care, folks. Right. Thank you for listening to the Ricky and Clive Wrestling Podcast. We'll see you next time. See you next time. Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets and so much more download the app in virginia today and get 150 dollars in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at betmgm betmgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly see betmgm.com for terms 21 plus only virginia only new customer offer subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days please gamble responsibly gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER promotional offer not available in washington dc